Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, right? And what that means is, you know, in this moment, in this second, you can hear something, you can read something, you can be attracted to something that can change it all because of something that you heard. Uh, Today, I get to reunite with someone I love that I was supposed to be seeing in person in 2020 last year, uh, Jenny Nukio and Imani Collective and all the good you're doing in Kenya. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love that. I love technology and the fact that I feel like I am sitting in your house right now and you're right beside you in your desk. Isn't that so funny? (laughs) I can remember many times I've interviewed you for the sister stories. And I remember one time you were in like the shop and you were uh, in a cinder block wall and the power was going in and out in Kenya. And you're like, "Uh, this is all I got. This is all I got. Um, Today, (laughs) let's hope the power stays on. Um, Yes. Well, I wanted to to start with just kind of reviewing. the work that you're doing in the world, because um, there's so many exciting things that people can learn from your story. So how did a nice girl like you, uh, an American citizen, end up being a citizen of Kenya and changing the global perspective of so many lives for good? Um, Tell everybody a little bit about the backstory. That's such a large question. I know. I thought I kind of got it all in there. A nice girl like you in a place like this. Oh, man. Um, Wow. Yeah. So Kenya's home. I've been here now for the last decade uh, working and living here. And um, I love it. So, but how I got here, we were actually, you know, off podcast talking about a good friend I had, Chris, and I went on a trip with him and he he kind of showed me the ropes here in the sense of he used, used to build schools and um, all these really cool projects. So when I first came to Kenya, I was actually here to help him with these uh, schools and building these children's stories. And, and that's where Imani Collective rooted from. Long story short is I basically met their mothers and fell in love with their families and just everything, um, everything about them. And I just wanted, I what I really saw, and I think when most people travel anywhere overseas, I will not just quote unquote, I guess, Africa, right. But is there is this lack of opportunity. uh, And we, we start to see these gaps that when we grow up in these, I grew up in a very middle-class home where I did have the opportunities presented right in front of me. And I, I took those for granted of just like how easy it was, right. We, they, they kind of were handed to us or at least handed to me. Um, and my parents put me in everything and I just got to experience all of these things. And I realized that my friends here that just grew into family didn't like that was never, that was never given to them or never an opportunity. And, um, it wasn't really that they didn't want it. It was that it just, they never knew that was an option. And then obviously, um, the affordability of, of those opportunities as well. And so my goal with Amani Collective in 2013, when I first started, um, is that I just wanted to create opportunity and create a training program for these women. And I came in very naive as I, I don't know what, how old was I 22 at that time. So I was pretty naive going in, starting this. Uh, I started, I started working with Chris when I was 18, 
Um, and throughout, I would, I also credit my schooling because throughout like my schooling and growing in that I was also being, being able to, to see what was happening here in Kenya that I was like, man, we can do so much more and not me, but they have the capability to do so much more. And, um, so that's been long story short, that's been a beautiful part of seeing these women grow, just starting in the training program. I realized this major gap as I was naive that this is going to be more than a training program. We're missing a marketplace. I don't have any place where I can place them into jobs. I think a lot of thing, a lot of times people, when they come over and they start these NGOs and what I see a consistent pattern is they start these, they start these projects and they don't have this like game plan or this follow-up plan. And so a lot of it actually hurts the community. And I talk about that a lot because I never want us as Westerners or people who think they have this better idea to think that these people can't do it because they can do all this without us. <laughs> and they're very capable human beings um, and we're all equal. And so I, I don't, I am blessed that the Lord used me to start this and start this domino effect, but they could have done it without me too. So I always, I always like to say that because um, they're fully capable uh, of, of what they've accomplished. And so, yeah, so we started with 16 women. Now to fast forward now, uh, we are a socioeconomic empowerment program. We are a very large social enterprise, one of the leading social enterprises here in East Africa. Uh, and we are an ethical home decor line. You can find us online. Um, we have a, uh, you know, we're working with a lot of larger wholesalers too, which is really fun. So we have a lot of fun projects. I almost spilled the beans on some of them. We have a lot of fun projects coming up in the new year, but go. we, yeah, we now serve over a hundred artisans on the coast of Mombasa. And we're at this really fun stage of that impact growing exponentially within the next um, years to come. So, well, I always found one of the interesting parts of your story, which of course I know because we've been partnering for many, many years um, for the camp experience network every year we have done a collector's pillow um, with the Imani ladies and they have made videos and with Jenny and this year Jenny and her family made a great video to say hello to all the people in Colorado that are supporting people that they may never physically get to know but they surely have in their heart and we've all done these collector pillows and every year it's like the thing um, what is the Imani pillow what is the Imani bag what is the Imani pouch um, so many great things we've done over the years but I always love the part of the story about you went in to teach sewing and thought like creating sewing and in, in this um, workshop would work, but you really realized that the life skills and the reading and so many more pieces were part of that puzzle. So talk a little bit more about that because what I want people to see, um, some people probably don't understand the language of an NGO and what that does, but um, I was working, as you know, with a project in Africa that we did bead jewelry and we helped people, um, Project Mercy. And they said the same thing as you. A lot of people are well-meaning and they come over to Africa with a little bit of money and a big idea. And then the people change, the idea changes, the money goes away and they leave. Um, but that is not what you have done with the Monty Collective. So tell everybody a little bit about the comprehensive family environment you've created, because I think that is such a compelling part to supporting you. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so when we say we're a socioeconomic empowerment program, that means we take a holistic approach to everything we do. When I started, it was to care for the women. It was never to create a brand. And we've created this beautiful brand. And so I am really proud of that. And our team um, 
but it started because of that woman. And so my kind of tagline and always, if we get ahead of ourselves, and, you know, we have to think business and we have to think strategy because I always say, you know, if that doesn't work, then also the mission at hand is potentially um, not going to work. And then we fail at our impact. So we, we have to think it as a whole, but I always, if we get a little bit too ahead of, uh, too ahead of ourselves and our morale seems low, I kind of stop back. I stop and I take a step back because it's always the people before the product. And so, and I'm, and I kind of like drill that into our team. We have guiding principles and we make sure that we're very authentic in that very transparent. And if you ever, whether you go and you visit our team in Dallas, um, we have a small team there that helps fulfill or whether you're in Kenya and you're in our workshop, you feel that you feel that family it is not just a job. It, it's a dignified job where we get to come alongside and create a family and a community. And so some of the stuff that we offer, one of the first programs that I started before I was a mother, so I'm a mother of three young kids now, um, but before as a mother, we offered free childcare because the biggest thing that I saw is that these women were late or they were missing they were missing days. And it was because they had no one caring for their kids. And that's what happens a lot of times is actually women who are artisans or have skills, even in larger cities here in Kenya, cannot go get a job because they can't afford childcare. They have no one helping. And when you just go into a regular job, that's not their, they don't care about that, but we do. So I was like, this is important. So we hired childcare directors um, and we started a really beautiful childcare program. And another thing is I wanted our women to be able to come together in fellowship and just really get to love and be um, with one another. So we started um, our food program. So we have chai and we have lunch. So we make sure our women are fed, their kids are fed and they have their free, the free childcare there. And then we built upon that. So I now have a holistic director, Famita, and all she does, like her main job is to just love on them. Like it's a really cool job. It's also a very emotional job because they come to her with all their with all their baggage and problems, but that is what we want. We want to say, hey, we're here and we're gonna walk alongside you. So some other programs we do, we have like um, English literacy classes. So that's an optional, but an optional class that they can be a part of during a lunch hour um, twice a week. Um, so we have ESL classes. We have, um, one of my favorites is dream management. So um, we love to encourage our women to dream. So if they have dreams, they come to Famita. We create a plan of how they can accomplish that, whether that's, we've had some women complete computer, a computer class. We had some women fix the roof, um, you know, instead of having a thatch roof um, that always falls apart during rainy season, they saved up and they've actually built um they rebuilt their house and now they have like an actual iron roof, you know, and they did that. And so that's super empowering. So we never want to give handouts. We want to say, Hey, like we pay you really good. And we know that you're getting this bonus, these bonuses, and we get bonus opportunities and all these different things so that they can, their self-efficacy levels can grow and they can feel motivated and they know that they can do it besides going back into that narrative where in this stigma that we put around Africa and that we put around marginalized women that mm, they need us um, or, you know, like we're just going to come over and hand the money. No, like that's great. I'm not going to turn down a donation because that helps <laughs> tons when we're implementing these programs. But the beautiful part of it is like to get them out of that mindset of like, no, I can do this. And so we offer tons of programs that come alongside aside them. I just named a few. Um, and we take that holistic approach because we, we just deeply care about our women.
Wow. I know everyone is sitting on their seat and like, I want to sponsor a dream. I want to sponsor a dream of a woman in the Amani yeah. Collective. I, I, I want to sponsor a dream. So we're going to go to break and we will be right back. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back. Jenny Nukio, Amani Collective, but the story of a, a young woman who's still a young woman, even though I've watched her grow up a little bit and have three children, <laughs> a, a young and inspirational woman, mom of three, but mom of a program called Imani Collective, which really is a catalyst and a partnership for success is what I hear. It's, it's not a hand up. It's, it's not a handout. It's not only a hand up. It's really a, a hand and an arm and a hug. And it's, it's so much more than the traditional way that sometimes society thinks, like I help you. But this is really we work together toward common goals, which honors the incredible talents and the incredible ability of people that you happen to be working with in Kenya. And, and also gives the opportunity for everyone to live their best gifts, right? Everyone to bring their best to the table. Um, so it's, it's collaborative and instead of, um, you know, a hierarchy, uh, which I think is what really the, the world's all about. Um, as you know, in Camp Experience, this year we're focusing on something called micro giving. And it's something I made up. It just came to me in prayer, but it's about what if today I can do an act of kindness? What if today I can support a woman. What if today I can buy a beautiful Amani piece of decor or a baby gift or a home item, a rug, something wonderful. Um, and then today that is complete, right? It's enough. It's not chronic enoughness. Let's just do the act in this minute. And so I so appreciate that you have lined up a billion acts of kindness, Jenny, and you're young, you're young age. Um, the purpose of our show is to tell the truth, right? Like, because we're not corporate, we are about the right women listen to this. And I happen to know, not only have we all now recently survived 2020, um, the year of most interesting circumstances is like what I'm going to give it. Um, I, as you believe, God uses everything for good in somewhere, somewhere, well, the stew book that you're in, is a good thing that came out of our COVID crisis because you wrote that beautiful essay in The Stew, Smart Talk, Exceptional Women. But um, the list is a little short for 2020. Um, I know you've suffered some um, really horrific losses in your life. And I just want you to talk a little bit about when you're supposed to be the out front superstar, positive, happy, you know, um, energizer bunny of Imani Collective. And the truth is you're a human being. Um, Share for our listeners just a little thing about this part of your journey and, and some things that might be helpful to others who all of us are going to go through some of these um, tough times. Yeah, you know, I, it, it's been a weird year in the sense of, I mean, it's been a weird year, but in my personal life, because you're right, um, a lot of people will say, Jenny, you're always going and you're always outgoing. And I'm, I'm used to that. Like, I'm super expressive and, um, I, I wake up and I go, I tell people I wake up, 
I wake up and I just start going. Like, I don't know. I just, that's just my personality. And so after I had Sayla, so Sayla's my third, um, little babe, uh, she's about to be six months, but after I had her, I realized I was not quite feeling myself. Right. And I've always had pretty like, I mean, wonderful pregnancies, really easy. I recover pretty quickly. And then I'm like still going, you know? (laughs) So, and in that, that's kind of what started my journey of like, I've been saying chasing slow and relearning me. That's kind of been my phrases right now. Um, because I really struggled with uh, postpartum depression in the first couple of months of that. And I mean, I talked a lot with my friends about it as I would be sitting in, you know, my living room and just be like, I don't want any of this. Like, what is this? And those thoughts are scary and, but they're real. And I think a lot of women, uh, don't address that. They kind of shove that down of like, it maybe there's it's kind of a shameful thing to think about like this is my beautiful family that people try to have families and I just I want to be alone I don't want any of this and it it felt so weird because it almost felt like this out-of-body experience like for a good solid month every night I just felt like I was like looking at myself and I was like, that's not you. What's going on? You know, but I was truly feeling sad and I just couldn't get past this feeling. And so as I hormonally, you know, was getting back in balance and kind of figuring out life. And I, I was being very honest with my husband and, and very good friends who speak truth into my life of just like, Hey, this is where I'm at. Like there is, I'm, I am really sad. There's no, um, thoughts of, I don't want to be in this world, but I am sad. And I want you guys to know and check up on me. Uh, and I read, I recently just read a book, Fear Gone Wild by Kayla Stolcom. And anyone who has lost someone um, to suicide or has had suicidal thoughts or knows someone going through this, it, or even just wants to know more about it. It's a really, really great book. And I, I would encourage anybody to read, read Fear Gone Wild. And I, I'd recently just um, read it, but uh, I mean, it's similar to going through those types of feelings of like, this is, she talks about just these kind of evil, dark thoughts and spirits, you know, that just like took over her husband. And so anyways, all that to say, as I was feeling like I was getting back to myself, then I got a call. Um, so I felt probably normal, maybe for a week. Uh, and then I, I got a call and it just hit me. Like it just didn't seem real. And it was that my my friend Chris, who was only in his early fifties, but my friend Chris got attacked here and then he died from a serious brain um, traumatic injury because of, because of attack here in Kenya. And so this, he, Chris was, um, you know, a father figure to me and introduced my women to me. I would not be who I am and be in Kenya if it wasn't for him. And so his imprint on my life is a ripple effect of his impact, right? So it's like my women, I call my women, but the women of Amani Collective, like they wouldn't be impacted if he wasn't in my life, if he wasn't born, you know? So like losing someone that close, it was the first time I ever lost someone that close. And I shut down and I didn't know how, I just didn't know what to do. And it was weird because, right, I'm this optimistic, I'm the happy person, like, why do I have to go through this and why am I feeling this pain and how, how can I approach, you know, with my faith, like, how can I approach God and say, this is okay. Like I was even struggling with having conversations with God and because I was just so 
I would go through anger, right? And then I would go through disbelief. And so I was going through all this. So I, me and my husband, we sat down and I have such a supportive pillar. He is amazing. And I, me and my youngest, Sayla, I would, I, I never really want to split up the family, but me and my youngest, Sayla, I called my mother-in-law. She met me in Texas with my mom and I went back for a month and I just processed, I processed life. Like it was the first time I just put my emails down. Right. I put the conversations away. I said, I have an amazing leadership team that has been built up. Like I said, they don't need me here. They, they, they're capable. They, and they ran the show, you know, so I knew they were going to be okay. I have an amazing team in Dallas who takes care of Imani collective. And I just was like, this is a time to look into myself. And of course I still had to care for my little one, but I had kind of, you know, my mother-in-law, my mom around me, just kind of taking care of whatever they could while I just cried a lot. (laughs) I've never cried so much in my life. And I am, uh, I mentioned this a lot in podcasts, but I am an Enneagram eight. So I am, I care deeply for people. I fight for them. I'm very headstrong, but a lot of times I don't like to like feel to that point. Like I shelf those away and I just keep going strong and keep fighting for people and keep pouring out. And so a lot of times I'll cause burnout, right? Because I'm not caring, soul caring, self-caring, whatever you want to call it, because Sometimes I think I've been going, I've been talking to my friend Tessa about this actually, um, of how I feel like it's a bit selfish. And I've been working through that of that's not selfish. That's caring for myself. I need to start caring for myself. And so that's what this month was. And I didn't really tell a lot of people about it. I kind of snuck into the States without telling even some of my family. And they were like, what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> yeah. just because <laughs> they're like, what? You're, you're, you're supposed to be in Kenya, but I just, I needed to care for myself. And then I went through that. Um, and I'm still going through that. And I got back to Kenya and then I just had a, and then when I got back to Kenya three days later, I, one of my best friends lost her daughter and I won't share that story. It's a very personal story, but it's, it was a tragic accident and that it killed. I mean, it didn't, that's the wrong terminology, but it it really, it really, here you were finally, you had your month, you came back you're with your, you know, your most favorite women and your family again, and then another tragedy, right? And what do you, what do you do with that? I mean, I really relate. And I think lots of people listening today are hearing you and saying like, oh yeah, I don't know anybody who overgives, overpours out, you know, puts themselves last. Okay. Like so many of us, right? Because you just feel like, oh, I can serve one more thing. I can do one more thing. I can be one more thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what did you do with now tragedy upon tragedy? Well, and then one thing I didn't mention too is in that month, I was one of my, this is hard too, but one of my artisans like um, actually ended up uh, not suing us, but taking us to the labor union and complaining and with all these lies. Because one thing when you're dealing with marginalized groups is some of them, no matter how much you love them, they're, they just, they see, they see money and they want money and they just want the short, we train them and we try to walk alongside our women to think long-term and to plan and to dream. But some people just want as much as they can now. And they, they want that short, short interim. So I'm not only dealing with loss, but I'm also dealing with betrayal yeah. of, oh, uh, 
of an of an auntie that had been auntie to my kids for five years go to a labor union and tell them that I was putting her in the back room and telling her she had to work all day. Like all these crazy lies. Yeah. And I lost it. Like when I, I got this call when I was in Texas and I was driving, I remember, um, cause I visited a chiropractor. I needed my work. I have a lot of stress in my back. So I remember <laughs> yeah. I was like coming back from the doctor or the chiropractor. And I like my program coordinator called me and she told me this and I just literally screamed. Like I turned the phone off and just like, in the middle of the whole country of Texas just screamed and just to like let out these crazy emotions that were going through my body. And I'm like, this does, this is not fair. This is not fair. And then I come back and then more loss happens. And so what I've been working through, right. Is that the, we are, we're human and we have really high joys and really, really happy times, but this life is harsh and this life it's not fair. And there are injustices. Like we deal with corruption all the time here. Uh, and we're going to have to have, we're going to have to walk through these seasons. Um, but what I've learned is to, it's okay to take time for yourself to like slow down a bit and shut off all the other things because I can, I can keep all those things going and stay really busy. And that's not going to be healthy. Like, I'm really good at that. Okay, all this stuff happened. I'm just not going to think about it. I'm going to keep trucking, trucking, trucking. And then in the end, I'm going to burn up in flames. And so what I've been learning, that used to be my old tendencies. And I've been learning to kind of, okay, I need to take a step back and actually let myself feel and understand what I'm going through and then be able to process this in a healthy manner. And although that hurts, like it it stings, (laughs) like that's going to be, it's, it's the better way. And to not do it alone. I mean, there are times I need to be alone, but I've surrounded myself with people that I trust. Right. So I don't surround yourself by any, with anyone, but surround yourself with people that, that you trust enough to speak truth in your life that are going to speak truth. And so if you follow me on Instagram, there was a good six weeks that I just disappeared <laughs> and I am very active on social media. And there was parts of me that struggled with that a little bit. Like I felt guilty, like I wasn't showing up for my platform or my people. And if anyone is listening to this and is really involved in social media, do not let that pressure come on. Cause that, I don't know why, but I did, I felt guilty that I wasn't showing up or that I had to explain myself to them, like right. why it wasn't Because I am so transparent or authentic and that that's, those are my core values. I want to be transparent. I want to be authentic, but you also in this world of technology have to protect yourself. Like you don't have to share everything with people. Um, because there, there are those intimate moments that need to stay within a certain level of people you trust. And so I've just been learning, I've been learning about that a little and that it's okay to not always be bubbly Jenny, like super expressive. (laughs) I I totally get that. And I totally, you know, we say don't should on yourself. Don't should (laughs) on yourself because we go through life thinking, oh, I should, I should. And then you think, where am I getting that measurement? You know, like, and um, once when I was a kid, I was involved in a lawsuit that ended up being settled. But at that time, I went to see a mentor, a friend of my, one of my dad's, a dad of one of my friends. And he said, Betsy, you are the tennis ball. You don't have any control. The parties are going to hit you back and forth and back and forth for all of their wrong, evil, lies, whatever. All you can do is be the tennis ball. 
and it's, and I always kind of remember that. And sometime in life, you know, we're the tennis ball and people are shooting us around. But then I just every day have to say, am I getting up? Am I doing my best? You know, am I loving the world? Am I serving my big God? And then if I can answer yes to those questions, then I'm doing my best, even if I'm not bubbly, I'm not on social media, you know, because I have the Betsy show, as you know, uh, and there's days that the Betsy show is just sad and missing my mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I so appreciate that you have been so vulnerable. I do want to celebrate your doctorate. So tell everybody mm-hmm. a little bit about the good news, because here we are in January of 2021. And we're going to have to now curtsy to you, call you Dr. Jenny. I, you know, I think it's so exciting. You've done this big work. So let's talk about that. And then we'll do our card drawing. So uh, tell us about your doctorate. Yeah, so I'm in the last stretch, so I'll be defending in the next couple months. And so I, my focus is on similar to what I do, but really, uh, it, it really focuses on beneficiaries, the you know these artisans and social enterprise within this sub-Saharan African region and the sustainability. Like I really love anything about sustainability, not just environmental or economic, which I work a lot in the economic realm, but also in social. How are we caring? For the people and how are they growing in their sense of self-efficacy and their motivations and their behavior changes so my academia side or whatever my nerd side studies that and studies theories behavioral change theories and um what that looks like in this context so hopefully in the future i can train or you know tell other people what to look for. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know you have a coaching practice. You have a lot of um, great inspirational classes and products. Tell everyone how to find you if they're interested in learning more. Yeah. So personally, you can find me at jennynuccio.com and you can also find me on my Instagram handle, Jenny Nuccio. And then of course, anything that with Amani Collective, Amani Collective, you can go to our website there too. So Awesome. Well, the last thing we do on this podcast is we draw a card. And if we were sitting together in Kenya, which we were supposed to be, and we will sometimes be, um, you would pull it yourself, but it's, um, it's going to be random and you're going to see it before me. So it's totally random. So, oh, of course you got this. Oh, now the host is going to cry. So um, this is a, a piece called Sweet Life that was made for my friend Barbara when she was dying of her esophageal cancer. And before my mom passed, I said, look, mom, I have art on greeting cards. Pick your favorite one. And of course she picked Sweet Life. And so we took it with her to the hospital and she had it in her room when she went to heaven. And so this one means the most to me of anything in the world. And it says, list your blessings. So that would be another whole show for all your blessings. But what are the first couple of blessings that come to mind as Norma looks down from heaven and Barbie and they're all like, hey, what's Jenny going to say? Because the angels are uh, in that card. Really? I think that waking up every day and taking a breath, <laughs> um, the, simple, the simple blessing of just living and, and looking up and actually paying attention and being present. You know, I, I think I'm learning of those little moment blessings, but my kids are one of them, of course. Um, they're such a joy and um, they're young, so they can be a pain at times, but they are my blessings. <laughs> and um, we just, this is, I love this question because I just made grateful jars with my kids. And so every day they come home and I ask them what they're grateful for. And then we write it down and put it in, put them in their jars. And my little girl keeps just saying, teacher ever, teacher ever, which is her teacher. So yeah. literally every day she just loves her teacher, but, um, but it's so sweet. So yeah, I would say just family um, and just 
just the breath of life really. And just being able to have friends like you, Betsy, and just be able to connect with people around the world. Well, we have just loved, um, being your sisters by choice as the camp experience sisterhood by choice and we will continue to stand with you and the ladies and we will be down um, whenever it is good and safe and the locusts are not in your country just a little side note for me um whenever it is good and safe um you know i don't say that there was a pandemic to stop me from visiting you in kenya when there were locusts in your country however um i do believe that the lord knows how much i I'm scared of bugs. And so he's going to send me to Kenya at the time where the least amount of bugs are in Kenya. Uh, that's just an Africa joke that is between <laughs> me and going to Africa. Um, Jenny, you are a blessing. And um, please just know that we all hold you as just um, a sister that we just cherish. And we look forward to many, many great times with you and the women in your family. And you have been listening to Boost Power Podcast. You know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And that is permission. That is a permission slip, right? That in this day, in this moment, you can listen to Jenny's story. You can hear this inspiration and you can say, oh, I get it. I get it. I see me. I see my story. I see, I see that we all go through the times that are tough and that we all just keep on keeping on. I like that you said, keep on trucking. Because when I was a kid, which I'm a little older than you, I had the keep on trucking poster in my bedroom. <laughs> Um, next to a poster that said, funny enough, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And it was an army recruiting ad. <laughs> and I had both of those posters that keep on trucking with the Bigfoot. And everybody who's my age in their 50s are like, I had to keep on trucking poster in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> so um, please get a hold of Jenny. Please uh, support her and her good works. And you've been listening to Boost Power Podcast. So please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more, go to campexperience.com backslash podcast. You'll see all of our many episodes in our series, and you too can be part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. I'm your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios, and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.